Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. Alright, back for hour number two from Full-Time Fantasy. I am Dr. Roto. I am flying solo today. Ronis is flying in Ibiza, Spain. Probably doing things he shouldn't be doing, and I shouldn't be discussing them on radio. But I'm hoping he's having a good time. Hope he didn't take a pill in Ibiza to show Avicii he was cool. But uh, we'll find out. But uh, when he comes back next week, we'll get the lowdown. We'll get the scoop about all the things, all the fantasy sports that he uncovered while in Spain. But I'm a little jealous. He was in Barcelona, and you got to say that right, Barcelona, not Barcelona, Barcelona. And he saw Camp Nou, the home of uh, the soccer team. That'd be pretty exciting. Maybe he bought something there. I want to see that. All right, I want to cover a little fantasy football this hour. My first draft of the year just finished. I've had a couple of rookie drafts in Dynasty Leagues, but I did my first official draft. That ended the two-quarterback fantasy football league that we did with FF Champs. Jim Dale will be on next segment. We'll cover that a little bit. It was good. It was a good draft. It was good in terms of, it was like a draft champions league because we had to have, we've told you this before, two quarterbacks, three running backs, four receivers, two tight ends, two flex. I mean, when you're doing a draft like that, you got to go deep. So, I mean, I'm drafting Adam Shaheen. I'm drafting guys like that, you know, Jeff Swaim. So it's forcing me to dig deep and to look at the player pool. And I love looking at the player pool do. I love looking at the player pool. Speaking of the player pool, Todd Gurley's trainer confirmed that his running back is dealing with an arthritic component to his knee. Everybody knew when Todd came out of Georgia that there'd be some kind of arthritic component to his knee. His trainer told CBS Sports. He's now at the five-year mark. All we're doing is managing that. He said it's not been told the Rams plan to limit his workload. But that's they're going to manage it. Well, if you're going to manage it, doesn't that mean you're managing his workload? I'm telling you. I'm begging you. Please. Please don't take Todd Gurley in round number one. I'm begging you. I, I may be wrong. Maybe he has a great year. Maybe he runs for 1,000 yards and maybe he runs for 14 touchdowns. Maybe you're in a touchdown-only league and you want to use Todd Gurley. I won't say no. But if you're in a PPR league and you're, playing, and you're picking Todd Gurley in round one, I just, I just can't endorse it. I can't get behind it. And I could be as contrarian as the next guy. I could be as contrarian as the next guy. But I think there's contrarian. I think there's crazy. And that's bordering on crazy. Because you have to, have to, have to. Get Daryl Henderson. You have to. 
So if you have Gurley, you have to get Henderson. It's like last year with Le'Veon Bell getting James Conner. If you didn't take James Conner in round six, you weren't getting him. You've got to take Henderson in round six or you're not getting him. And by the time we draft, it may be round five. You want to do that? Do you want to commit to that? I don't want to commit to that. It's one thing to take Gurley. It's one thing to take both guys. When I can be take, when I should be. See, people forget about things like this. People forget about things like this. What are they forgetting about? Firstly, round one, I want the best player. Whether it's receiver or running back, whatever. Round two, I'm going to take a receiver, running back, whatever. Round three, the same thing. Okay? So in the first three picks, ideally, I want one, at least one running back, maybe two. Sometimes I'm crazy and go three, but rarely. I kind of at least want to have one running back and one receiver through round, th- you know, through round three. But in round five is when I like starting to take another receiver. I do. Maybe even a running back. Some years it's like, you know, that Tariq Cohen. Maybe it's Chris Godwin. Who knows? But when I take Gurley, I have to take Henderson. Why do I want to commit to that? Why do I want to commit to that? I don't. And I'm giving up the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of not drafting Godwin or Ridley or or Corey Davis because I have to take Henderson. Well, why do I want Henderson if I already have Gurley? To protect Gurley, my interest in Gurley? I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't want to commit to that. Now, if you told me I could get Henderson in round 10, I'm all in. No problem. I'll take Gurley. But I got to take Henderson in round five. I don't even think you're going to get him in six. I don't. I think it's going to be five. So do I like that idea? No, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. So please, please don't take Todd Gurley. All right, NBC Sports says, Dante Pettis turned the right heads at 49ers minicamp. Well, were there wrong heads to turn? It's like the dumbest thing. Who turned the wrong heads? I want to know. I want to see the heads that were wrong. Stupid writing. But I, I, I'm, I'm not sold. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be wrong here. I could be very wrong here. Am I sold on Dante Pettis? I don't know. There's Coleman, McKinnon, Bryda, Kittle, Marquise Goodwin, who thinks he's a long jumper, Debo Samuel. I like Dante Pettis. I do. But I just don't see him on my team. I don't know if that makes any sense. I, when, I, when I tell you I like a player, but I don't see him on my team. And here's what I mean by that. It means that I'm not going to take him where he's going to go so I know that he won't be on my team. I would probably take Dante Pettis in round six. Let's see. Let me get a draft board. Here's a, a most recent draft board I have. I could only see it a little better. That would help me. Getting old. Dante Pettis. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Round seven. Okay. I take him in round seven. He went in round seven in this draft. I could buy into that. 
I could buy into that. This team's draft was Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz, Julian Edelman, Rashad Penny, Darius Geis, Dante Pettis. I could get behind that. That's that's interesting to me. I like see. I want Pettis as my three, not my two. Now this guy went with four running backs: Mixon, Gurley, Penny, Geis. So Pettis had to be his second. But if I'm taking him in round seven on my team, most likely he's going to be my three. I want Dante Pettis as my three, not my number two. Because as my number three, I've got two guys better than Pettis. And I'm not relying on him as much. Because if he sucks, I probably can replace him. See, in this guy's team, he's got Edelman, Pettis, Kuti, Hardman, Robert Foster. That's, a, that's not a great receiving core. I want to be like Edelman, Robert Woods, Pettis, Kuti. Now we're on to something. Because Woods is a number two. See the difference? Now I'm going to go through. I, this, I mean, this is a draft. I'll take a look at this draft tomorrow. And we'll discuss it. But I, I wanted to bring up this uh, comment to you guys. I think drafting now. And now may be a hair early. A smidge, if you will. But I think. Drafting early gives you the best chance to be my rich friend. I really do. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And I think people just get smarter. It's a, even though who's drafting now? Mostly smart people, by the way. Because the idiots, the fish of your league, haven't started to study football yet. They haven't bought their first magazine. See, they're waiting for July 4th's barbecue. And then they're going to go to the local supermarket and say, oh, there's a sporting news fantasy magazine. Let me buy that. See, the fish haven't started. So now you get the smart people. But here's the advantage. Everybody has different ideas right now. We're all over the place. One guy likes Tyler Boyd. One guy likes Dante Pettis. One guy likes D.D. Westbrook. One guy likes Geronimo Allison. One guy likes D.K. Metcalf. One guy likes Curtis Samuel. We're all over the place. All over the place. Love it. Wild, wild west right now. So, yes, there are smarter people drafting now, but nobody knows what, they, what they're doing. Now, as we move closer, as we move forward, the smart people get smarter because they read more. And then, yes, the fish come into your leagues. But what happens is every league doesn't have 11 fish, right? The guppies don't come in with the sharks. Maybe three or four guppies come in, but the eight sharks are much sharper, right? Their teeth are much sharper than they are right now. Right now, we have an idea of what we think, but we don't know. We haven't really seen minicamp yet. We don't know. See the difference? So I, I'm trying to find the sweet spot, the draft sweet spot. I tend to think it's going to be somewhere between late July and mid-August. That's the sweet spot. 
where the, the fish start coming into the leagues, the smart people get smarter, but not too smart, because when people start watching preseason, they get really smart. They start to hone in on it, and then all these guys out there start like, ah, oh, he caught 43% of the passes out there. He was in on 27% of the plays, and he caught 43% of the yards, and blah, 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 blah. When those guys get started, you know those guys, right? I've never listened to any of those guys. I don't even know what they're talking about half the time. I'm like, dude, he's a receiver, right? Caught the ball. That's all I need to know. He was out there on 43.2% of first down snaps on Sunday. Was there another day? I don't know. People get so technical. Sometimes they suck the fun out of it. All these stat people suck the fun out of it. Here's what I know, what my eyeballs tell me. Julian Edelman caught a lot of passes. Do I know the number of passes Julian Edelman caught in the game? No. Not until they put the stat up. Then I see he goes 9 for 84, and I go, yeah, it did seem like he caught a lot of passes today. But I'm watching it going, as I'm watching, you know what I'm saying to myself? Man, Julian Edelman's always open. Man, Brady goes to him all the time. See, that's all that's important to me. I watch the game, I say that. I go, Nikhil Carey looks like he can't get separation. Not, he was out there for 43% of first down plays, and Tom Brady looked at his side of the field 13.2% of the time. Really? Maybe he did. All it looked like to me was, you know why Brady didn't look there? Because he didn't separate. If he separated, he'd be getting the ball. It's not rocket science. Dude gets open, dude gets ball, dude catches it, dude gets yards. I just broke it down for you. There was the game tape. The guy couldn't get open because he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. You either can or you can't get off the line of scrimmage. Do or do not do. Right? Laquan Treadwell, great guy in college, can't get off the line of scrimmage in the pros. Really sucks. Don't draft him. There you go. That right there was my Laquan Treadwell analysis for you. Good in college. Can't get off the line of scrimmage in the pros. Avoid. What was that? Ten words? Very concise, wasn't I? Julian Edelman, ready? Brady's favorite target. Draft him early. Boom. What more needs to be said? Sometimes we overthink this. I think people overthink fantasy football. I try not to do that. Julian Edelman catches the ball. He's pretty good. But what if he gets hurt? Well, I don't know. What if, what if anything? Looks pretty good when he's out there. So I think Todd Gurley, here's what we know. He's going to have his carries managed. Fact. They drafted a guy in the third round. His trainer says he's got an arthritic condition. Don't draft him early. Dante Pettis looks good. He's turning the right heads. All right. I'm interested in finding out more. Here's my report, my report on Dante Pettis. He's really fast. If Shanahan creates plays for him, he can make a few. My question is, how many plays will be in the playbook for Dante Pettis?
how many plays will be there for him. Two, five, eight, that's the magic number. Three, three is the magic number too. Song about that. If it's six, Dante Pettis is a great player. If it's three, he's not. I'm willing to take that as my third receiver. Nothing more, nothing less. You have to see how this evolves and unfolds. And that's why I love fantasy football. We all have different ideas about where to take players. We all have different ideas about who's good. When we come back, I'm going to talk to one of the best guys in the industry. His name is Jim Day. We call him Fantasy Taz. And he works for FF Champs. And we're going to break down that draft we were in. It's finally, finally when I say, finally over. And we'll see who made some good picks and who didn't. And we'll do it when we return right after this. your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, we're back. I'm Dr. Roto, fulltimefantasy.com. Do me a favor. Check out playffwc.com. And when you do, you're going to find our draft lobby in there, and you're going to join one of our drafts, whether it's the online championship, the, one of our draft and goes, or, of course, the Fantasy Football World Championship. It is an absolute great drafting experience. The draft room is easy to use. We've got cheat sheets. We've got draft boards. You're going to love it, and you're going to have great competition. The people are nice. There's always somebody in there to make sure the draft runs smoothly, and hopefully you'll be my rich friend if you win. So check it out at playffwc.com right now. All right, joining me for this segment is my friend Jim Day from ffchamps.com. What's up, Jim? How are you? Hey, Doc. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, we're, we're all ramping it up as we're getting closer and closer to actual football. 
Absolutely. And our draft. When did this, when did our invitational, the fantasy football champs invitational, when did this start? Because it's been so long, I can't even remember anymore. It started on, uh, I think it was Tuesday, May 28th. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I so remember that, it was the you, Tuesday right after Memorial Day. So would you say this is a lo- that took a too long or a, a right time? What would you say about that? You know what? I, I think it, it was okay. I mean, this was a 24 round draft and you know, it, it, it's about commonplace, I would think. You know, usually get two to three weeks out of these drafts. All right, so let me ask you a very personal question. How many times did I snipe you in this 24-round draft? Any? Um, look, I, I don't look at it that way. I, I never have. Uh, I, and I'll tell you why. For me, the reason I draft so much is that I don't ever really feel sniped. It's always, to me, is who's the next guy up? Okay. You know, there's so many different choices that, okay, well, I was looking at that guy, but he's gone now, so who's the next guy up? And, you know, that's one of the things I love about drafting is, you know, the more you do it, the the easier it actually becomes because you don't get all tied up. Oh, my God, he took the guy I wanted. I don't know what to do here. And I'll start freaking out. I don't know where to go. And, you know, I, I don't ever fall into that because I always have the next guy ready to go. If my guy goes, the guy that I was looking at goes, there's always the next guy. So I don't really look at that, at it as sniping. Uh, but that being said, yeah, you took a couple of my freaking players. You- <laughs> well, you took some of mine, Jim, because I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the draft board, and I'm like, I really wanted Chris Herndon. You got him. I was absolutely going to take TJ Hawkinson. You took him. I was going to take Dante Moncrief. You took him. So you got me at least three times. I'm just telling you, you got me three times. <laughs> well, I'm sure you got me just as many, if not more. You know how it goes. I mean, when you're in a, a crowd like this, it's it's really hard not to, uh, you know, you, you fill up your queue with all the players you like, and by the time it actually gets to your pick, you're lucky if one or two players are left. Well, you know, it's funny you said that in terms of filling up the queue, and I, I can't tell this to people. What I try to do is, and I don't know if you, I think you're the same way, I try to low, I wait for a few as it gets a little closer to me, maybe about five, six picks away, and then I just start loading names of guys, the next five guys I like. I don't like holding up a draft, and I kind of know at that point, not, not 100% of the time, but I pretty much know in what direction I'm going to want you to. No, and I'm with you on that. I, I, you know, I always make sure that I have at least one more player in my queue than picks to my pick. So there's always somebody there left no matter who gets taken in front of me. All right, last segment, I talked about Todd Gurley and his trainer came out to say today, well, he's got an arthritic condition. We're dealing with this. You're drafting right now in a big money draft. Tell me when you would take Gurley. Oh, I'd take him anytime in the second round. If I get him in the second round, I'd take him any day from 201 on. Um, Let's face it, if you have any of those early second round picks and you don't take him there and you want him, you're definitely never going to get him because he's never going to come back all the way to the end of the third round to you. So yeah, you have to take him there. If you're early in the second, if you want him, and I I do, I think everybody's blowing this out of proportion. Sure. His touches will be limited, more limited than in previous years, but in this offense, the fact that he still gets the goal line carries the fact that he's still catches a ton of passes he doesn't have to have you know 300 touches every year to still finish as a top five six seven back I think you know even with you know touches down to 250 range which is where I kind of have him right now I think he, he still gets that many in this offense then he'll still be that kind of back he has that 
you know, that pedigree in him to he's going to score double-digit touchdowns. He's going to catch a lot of passes for you. And he's still going to get plenty of yards on the ground with this offense the way it's built. So I think people are just outright freaking out about this news. And I, I've seen him go all the way to the mid-third. Uh, and to me, that's just that, that's just ludicrous value. If you can get him anywhere in the third round, I, I mean, you're just gravy. That's just too much, I think. People are way too much freaking out on him. I so, think right now in a dynasty league, he's a perfect go out and buy low. All right. Let's say you have pick 11 and you take Gurley with the second pick of round two. Okay. At what what point would you entertain taking Henderson? Uh, see, I, I haven't really been entertaining that because he's been going way too early for my liking. If my game script in my mind works out the way I expect it to, then I don't think Henderson is worth the value that he's currently getting. I mean, it's just people are really pulling the, the trigger on him too early in my in my mind. We're talking about a guy here who's, you know, coming off the board. I, I want to say somewhere, uh, uh, I think, it, the FFWC has him, I think, in, at somewhere in the eighth round. And, you know, while that's not, you know, terrible, I've seen him come He's up. He's going to go earlier further. than that. He's yeah, I've seen him that. come up in a lot of drafts lately where he's coming in, into the you know beginning of the seventh round. And while I, I usually don't like handcuffs, there are a couple that I usually handcuff. But to me, a seventh round handcuff is just too much to pay. If he, if he ends up being the starter, great. He could absolutely win the league for you. I'm not saying he can't, if, especially if Gurley goes down. But if Gurley stays healthy all year, if they manage his touches, he's able to get through the whole year, then Henderson isn't going to be worth that seventh-round value. And you overpaid for a guy that's you know, going to be lucky to get 10, 12 touches a game. Yeah, that's what I really said in the first segment. I said I wouldn't touch Gurley mainly because I don't want to pay the premium on Henderson. And I think you do. Like last year with Le'Veon Bell, you had to get James Conner by round six. And it turned out that Conner would have won you the league. I think you're going to have to put – do you think you can do Gurley without Henderson? You really feel you can get away with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know I'll have other depth at the position that I can get around. Uh, I've drafted Gurley quite often that recently, and I haven't taken Henderson once. Um, you know, again, it's just the fact that he's coming off the board way too quick for me. Last year, it was a different thing with Bell. I mean, you know, the, the threatened holdout. Um, I drafted Bell in absolutely no leagues. If you go back to last year's frenzy, I was telling everybody I thought Bell was going to hold out until at least week 10. At that point, we still thought he had to come back in week 10 to accrue the full year. We later found out that wasn't the case, and he ended up staying out the whole year. But I was telling everybody in the preseason I thought he was going to hold out to week 10, and that Connor was the guy you had to go out and get. So I drafted a ton of Connor. I didn't draft any of Bell. All right. In the first segment of this hour, I spoke about Dante Pettis. I, I like him, Jim, but I want him as my wide receiver three. I don't know how I feel about my wide receiver two. First of all, do you like him at all, and where would you take him? Oh, I do like him. Absolutely do like him. Um, and, and, again, he he a wide receiver three is perfect. I think that's exactly where he fits. Uh, you know, they're hyping him up in, in the OTAs now, and, that, you know, that's fine. You, you take from that what you will, and, you know, who knows what really comes to fruition out of that. But the fact of the matter is, I, I like this kid. I have liked I liked him last year. I liked him coming out of college. I think he's got, you know, a good game. 
And, you know, if Garoppolo can stay healthy and stay on the field, I think he has every chance to become their number one wide receiver going forward. I'm not saying he's going to go out this year, catch 70 balls and put up over 1,000 yards and score nine touchdowns. But I, I do expect him to have a good, solid year. And if I can get him as a wide receiver through three, I'll take that all day. And right now he's going somewhere around the, the seventh round. And, and I think that's a good eye. I'm talking to Jim Day from ffchamps.com. Check out the site. It's a really great site, and Jim does a terrific job there. Very impressed. Jim, looking at our expert fantasy expert invitational, were there, were there any things that shocked you, any picks that were made or any strategies? Were there, was there anything you're like, really? I didn't see this coming. Um, actually, I really don't think anything really stood out, you know, that way to me, you know, the one thing that stood out and I love it, um, you know, Sigmund Bloom is in this draft and a good friend of mine, we do a lot of drafts and things together. And he's been saying all off season that he would take Travis Kelsey in a start one quarterback league without premium scoring. And he would take him in the first round every time. And in this league, of course, we start two, and there is a little bit of an elevated scoring for tight end. And sure enough, he followed it up. He took Kelsey in the first round. Uh, and another player he was talking about, he's been talking about all offseason, is Josh Jacobs. He turns around. He makes sure he gets Josh Jacobs. I, I love when the experts go out and tout players and then actually draft them. We see way too often that there's so many experts out there that will tout a player, tout a player, tout a player. And then when it comes to drafting, a lot of times they just don't do it. Um, at least not early enough to actually get the player. I, I love when you get these guys that talk about a player all the time and then actually go out and get them. All right, let's talk for a second about Sigmund Bloom's team, and I agree with you. I do like experts who say who do what they say. I like that. He takes Kelsey one, Mahomes, then he goes Jacobs, Freeman, uh, and Jones, right, from Green Bay. Then he gets Brady and Andy Dalton. He takes his first receiver is Allen Robinson. Then he takes Dallas Goddard, and then he gets Corey Davis, Kiki Kuti. Can you win when your best receiver is Allen Robinson? Can you win a league? You can, absolutely, especially in best ball, and that's the good thing about it. You don't need – you don't need consistent players. You need players that are going to give you, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two weeks, um, you know, even four or five times a year is enough. And that's the one thing that I like about what he did is he put a lot of guys behind him that have some upside, guys that can make some big plays, guys that, you know, could show up on a stat seat, you know, one week, maybe not for the next couple, but then show up again. And that's what you kind of have to do in a best ball. It's not really about trying to draft consistent players. You want the guys that are going to go out and have the big games every once in a while. You don't need them to do it every week. You just need them to have it, you know, several times a year at least. And if you get enough of those guys on your roster that are doing it, you know, where they're giving you decent wide receiver one or wide receiver two numbers, you know, three, four, five, six times a year. That's how you make up a good best ball team. And he ended up drafting, I think it was what, uh, he drafted 11 receivers. Um, so, you know, out of those 11 receivers it, every week, he should easily be able to come up with four starters and probably a couple of guys that end up in the flex. You know, it's interesting. You, you said that, do you think that a, there's a different, player who could be successful at best ball versus a seasonal league oh absolutely i think there's a ton of them the, the first one that always leaps into my mind is deshaun jackson you never know when deshaun jackson is going to have those big weeks but when he has those big weeks in a best ball he's automatically in your lineup and you know 
wipe your hands, give yourself a nice clap. He, he gives you good points that week. You don't have to try and sit, okay, well, which defense is he playing this week? Is he, is he going to be able to get down the field behind these guys and make a big play? You don't have to do that in best ball. You, you pick the guys that have the chance at those big weeks and go with them. I much prefer, you know, a, a player like him, uh, a player might, like Mike Williams is another one, a guy who really relies on those touchdowns. Um, in best ball over season long because you just never know when they're going to have those big weeks. And in best ball, you don't have to concern yourself with that. Well, I wasn't even talking about the player as much as us, the the fantasy player. Do you think that it's a different whole player to succeed at best ball versus a seasonal league? Um, I don't think it really comes down to the player as much as the preparation. There's still too many people out there that, you know, want to go for those consistent guys. I, I love Robert Woods. I do. I, I think he's an excellent wide receiver. You know, he definitely fits the mold of what they're trying to do uh, for the Rams. And, you know, he, he does it well. But the fact of the matter is he's a good, consistent wide receiver, but he doesn't have a lot of peak games. So he, he doesn't really jump up into those high number games pretty much at all. So for me, he doesn't really make a good best ball player. Because of his consistency, um, you know, and I'll throw that back to Mr. Bob Long, the Mr. Consistency, where his his values are all really good in season long leagues where you want consistent players. So, you know, when you start him in the lineup, you're going to get, you know, a known substance from him. But in best ball, that, that's not the way to do it at all. You have to actually go totally in reverse of that and grab the guys that are going to give you the big weeks. And, you know, they can give you the small weeks too, but the small weeks don't matter because they're automatically going to be on the bench. So, yeah, it, it's not so much the actual player. It's more the preparation. I, you know, it's funny. I find that I'm better at seasonal leagues than best ball. Not that I don't conceptualize best ball, but I like I like the in-season moves. I like the strategy. I like the fab. I like to see what goes on. I like to make changes because as much as I like to tell my wife I'm perfect, Jim, I'm not. And I sometimes I don't have the perfect draft, which I think in best ball, you need to be a really great drafter. See, to me, it's the exact opposite. Well, I shouldn't say the exact opposite. I love to draft. It's my favorite part of this entire game. I feel I am very strong at it. Um, I've been doing this so long and so many. And then the other side of the coin is I like to do a lot of leagues. Um, you know, if I look back five, six, seven years ago, I was doing 65 to 75 full season leagues every year. A lot of them were big roster dynasties. And I'll tell you the truth. I mean, it really got to be a pain to try and manage them each and every week, trying to get waivers in for each league, you know, trying to make trades. All of that stuff really became a headache. You know, last year I played in 170 leagues, but only 20 of them, a little over 20 of them, were season long where I had to make changes. All the rest were best ball. And, you know, I love the aspect of just being able to draft a million leagues and not having to worry about all of them. Did you check up on all of them? Did you remember remember all the leagues you were in and check up on all your teams? I absolutely do. I I check all my teams uh, pretty consistently, too, to see, you know, I I use it as a learning process. I want to see where I went wrong. How, you know, how many people did I, how many players did I have too much of or too little of? You know, that's a big thing in in best ball when you're trying to do that many leagues is, you know, how much shares do you have in a particular player? Because you really don't want to load up on just one or two main players in all of them. You really do have to diversify. All right, Jim, we got about 30 seconds. Tell me what's going on at ffchamps.com. 
Oh, all kinds of things. We're getting ready to roll out the draft kit here really soon. We're working hard on the back end, getting all of that together. Uh, that should be out shortly, as well as uh, some of the tools that we have, our draft tracker, our mock draft kit. You know, a lot of things coming together right now. We're working really hard to get it all up there, uh, as well as putting together ADP analysis, things along that line, rookie analysis, uh, strength and schedule analysis. So we're working really hard to get it all together. All right. It's a great site, and I really like going on there. Jim Day from FFChamps.com. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Doc. Have a great rest of your show. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, my friend. Take care. All right. That's Jim Day. We call him the Fantasy Taz, and he's telling you the truth. He was in a ton of leagues for years. Jim did a ton of leagues, and then he did something that I've never seen before. He just stepped back. He just stepped back, and he took a, took, took a breather. And then he came back, and now he's getting back into it again, and he's one of the top players in the industry. He's got some great ideas, and I highly respect his opinion. He's really good at what he does. All right, so check out ffchamps.com um, for the best in gym day. All right, coming back, one more segment, more fantasy football, more Dr. Rota. What more could you want? I'll be back right back. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. All right, we're back. Dr. Roto. Check me out at fulltimefantasy.com. You see my friend Sean Childs there. My man Adam Ronis is there. We're giving you the best information we can, whether it's for fantasy baseball or fantasy football. And, you know, fantasy baseball, we don't get as many messages in the message board. But fantasy football season, 
you come on in, you join what we're doing, you become a member, and you have questions about fantasy football, well, we'll answer them. You go right in. Boom. We'll answer your questions. Hey, Dr. Roto, should I start Todd Gurley or Dante Pettis? I'm going to answer your question. First of all, I'm going to say you're insane. You should start Todd Gurley. But in general, I won't say that part. I'll just think it. You know, we'll answer your questions. So it's, it's, it's like you're getting your, your private consigliores. Me, Ronis, Sean Childs, three guys who've won at the highest levels. So be part of fulltimefantasy.com. All right? So we're talking a little fantasy football here, going through some, uh, some information. Ronald Jones is looking to get back on the right track. God, I hope so. Because the track he was on last year was leading him to nowhere but out of the league. Many people want to get drafted. Many apps get, do get drafted. But it's what you do. And it's funny. I was just talking to my son about this. My son is 12 years old. He's going into eighth grade next year. And he was playing Fortnite, as you can imagine. Hello, that's what 12-year-olds uh, do. And he said that he was playing with two of his friends. And one of his friends is a basketball player. He's been going to basketball camp all summer. And his other friend is the best runner in all the middle school. And his friend said that he had a light day today. He ran five miles. And I looked at my son. And I said, what should you have been doing today? And he looks at me and goes, playing tennis and I said you bet because it's what you do in the off season that makes you a champion what made Jerry Rice a champion how hard he worked in the off season what made Chris Carter a champion how hard he worked in the off season what made Randy Moss a champion how hard he worked in the off season what made Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan champions how hard they worked in the off season Right? My son's a really good tennis player. But so are, the, so are other kids. You have to work harder to be better. I bring this back to Ronald Jones, who didn't work hard enough. He hardly worked. Big difference between working hard and hardly working. Ronald Jones, you got to bust your butt to stay in the NFL just to stay in the NFL. Then you got to bust it more to be successful in the NFL. And then you got to dig so deep, so deep, deeper than you ever thought you could to be a star. Because there are not that many stars. You got to dig deep to be a star. In anything you do. Seriously, in anything you do. If you just kind of do it, are you going to be good at it? You'll be okay. Maybe there's some talent there. Maybe there's talent. But you want to be really good at it? You got to work hard at it. You got to constantly work. You don't think Adam Ronis has his phone stapled to his head with rotowire. Anything, something happens, he already knows what happened. Why? He has to be at the top of his game. True. Ronald Jones is looking to get back on the right track. My question was why was he on the wrong track? Why was he on the wrong track? He should have been on the right track in the first place. And anybody who was on the wrong track should have been on my team. That tells me a general manager made a poor choice. 
because I want all my guys on the right track in the first place. Give me a guy who's got heart. Give me a guy who's got intelligence. I can figure out the athleticism because I can put the guy who's smart with heart in the right spot. I can. I'll put that guy in the right spot, and he'll make a play. Maybe he won't go for a touchdown, but maybe he'll make a 30-yard play. Boom. The guy with all the natural athleticism, well, maybe he can get a touchdown. But what if he's not in the right spot to begin with? Anybody there, anybody there ever coached before? You know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't you take the guy with maybe a little, not, not as great an athlete, but he's coachable? Don't you want the coachable guy? The coachable guy gives you everything he's got. He tries his best. You love the athlete, but the athlete is all over the place, not listening to you. He's making plays because he's athletic, but he's not listening to you. Now, the ideal is to get the guy who's athletic who's listening to you. Then you know what you have? You got a champion. I coach a team like that. I had a bunch of boys who were just great athletes, smart, in the right place every time. Boom. Championship. That's what happens. You put athleticism with brains and intelligence and coachability together, you know what you have? The New England Patriots. Seriously, you have the New England Patriots. You take Belichick's coaching. You take a coaching staff who trains them. You take intelligent players. Tell me the Patriot who's the fastest guy in the NFL. Tell me the Patriot who's the biggest guy in the NFL. Tell me the Patriot who you're like, oh, this guy is the best athlete I've ever seen. Can you say that about any of the Patriots? But they've only won a bunch of Super Bowls because they're smart and they're coachable. Ronald Jones is looking to get back on the right track. How about figuring it out and never getting off the right tr the wrong track never being on the wrong track again i'm not touching ronald jones this year sorry no interest bruce arians is going to literally bruce arians is going to have his foot up ronald jones's you know what half the season and at some point bruce arians is going to go like i can't deal with this anymore get this guy off my field it may not happen yet. He's saying all the right things now. In OTAs, in camp, Ronald Jones looks really good. He does. Don't be fooled. I'm not. I'll take Ronald Jones in round 10, 11, when he's my fifth running back. So if I cut him, I don't care. But I'm not taking Ronald Jones as my third running back ever. I don't care how good he looks in preseason. Because I don't think he can make it for 16 games without pissing Bruce Arians off. And I think Bruce Arians is going to give this guy some rope and then he's going to hang himself. Hopefully, not literally, metaphorically. Because that would be bad. But I'm not touching this guy. But here's a guy that I like. Mark Andrews. I'm in on Mark Andrews. That's a guy I like.
I really think that Lamar Jackson is going to struggle. I do. I like Marquise Brown because I think Lamar Jackson is going to only have to throw a three-yard pass to him. But any downfield targets, I really do worry about. I do. I worry about it. Chris Moore, Seth Roberts, Willie Sneed, Miles Boykin. I like Marquise Brown. They're going to use him like a Percy Harvin type. I like him. But I like Mark Andrews. A little over the middle pass, 6 to 10 yards. That's about Lamar Jackson's wheelhouse. I think that's his comfort zone. Anything over 15 yards, a little wobbly. And I'm not knocking Lamar Jackson. He's a great athlete. And he'll do some special things. And if you're playing in a best ball league, I would love him as my quarterback. I would. But if I'm playing in the seasonal league, I don't think I'm winning with Lamar Jackson. I don't. I don't think I'm winning with him. I'm going to need a guy. Because I think there are going to be four or five games that I will win with him. I do. I think there will be four or five games that I will win with him. But I don't think I'm winning 16 games. But would, would I want Lamar Jackson on my bench in the playoffs? Yeah. Maybe week 14, 15, 16. I could see it. Give me a second. One moment, please. Please hold. Please continue to hold. All right, schedule. Team schedule. Baltimore Ravens. Here we go. Seriously? All right, here we go. At Miami versus Arizona. Oh, oh, I like Lamar Jackson week two, baby. Oh, baby, I like that. At Kansas City versus Cleveland. At Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. Hello. Love Lamar Jackson against Cincinnati. That's going to be a train wreck. At Seattle, bye week. So in the first seven weeks, I definitely like him twice. Definitely. Probably a third time, but twice for sure. Then he's at New England, no. At Cincinnati, yes. Houston, no. Rams, no. San Francisco, probably not. Buffalo, no. Week 15, Jets, oh, yeah. (laughs) Week 15 against the Jets? Yeah, I think I like me some Lamar Jackson. Week 16 at Cleveland, there you go. So you're week 15. I don't like him week 14 at Buffalo. I think Sean McDermott will contain him. I think he will. But week 15 against the Jets, that could be Lamar Jackson time. So that's the beauty of Lamar Jackson. Three, four, five times a year, he will be outstanding. Outstanding. Great for best ball. For seasonal, he's your backup. He is. Nothing more than your backup. Can't trust him. But I do like Mark Andrews. I think he will consistently be good. I think he goes 6 for 50, 6 for 60, 5 for 50. Every week, he's a cash register. Ba-bing, 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 ba-bing. 10, 12 points a week. You'll take that from your tight end. You'll be happy with that. He's not a star. Mark Andrews is not a star. He's just good. He's just a good player. I liked him in Oklahoma. Hayden Hurst is interesting, especially if Mark Andrews gets injured. I like Hayden Hurst. But I like Andrews. He's a guy I'm looking at close, closely. Here's another guy who we're, we're starting to hear something about. How about Robbie Anderson? I like Robbie Anderson. But I worry a little bit about him. 
can he play well against good cornerbacks? Like, what weeks will he be good and what weeks will he be great? But Robbie Anderson could be special. Now, here's the Jets' schedule. Buffalo, Cleveland, New England. Whoa, I don't know if I like that for Robbie Anderson. I don't know. Then they have a bye week. Philadelphia, Dallas, New England, Jacksonville. That's a little rough. That is. So the first eight weeks, Robbie Anderson is rough. But then we've got Miami, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, Cincinnati, Miami. So from week 9 through week 14, Robbie Anderson should be interesting. Week 15 at Baltimore, I don't like it. Week 16, Pittsburgh, I like it. So maybe from week 9 on, Robbie Anderson could be a player. The first weeks I don't love. Buffalo, Cleveland, New England, Philadelphia, Dallas, New England again, Jacksonville. I'm kind of worried. Certainly New England twice. Dallas, really good defense. Jacksonville, Jalen Ramsey. I worry. Buffalo, good defense. But the second half of the year, he could be special. So you need to start thinking this way in fantasy football. Start breaking guys down. Start looking at the schedule just like I did. I did it with a couple of players today. I did it with Lamar Jackson and Robbie Anderson. Am I going to be right? Not all the time. But as I'm looking at the schedule now, when I see Miami, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Miami, you don't think Robbie Anderson should have games against those guys? I think he does. I think there's a pocket there of goodness. Right? I think there's a real pocket there of success. So look at the schedules, look at the player, and see what we think. Where can, where can he shine? So what I might do with Robbie Anderson, I have to think about this. Maybe I don't, well, certainly if I'm playing in, the, in a high-stakes league, I'm drafting him, but I know if I draft him, I need to have depth. But if I'm in a home league, maybe I don't draft Robbie Anderson, but maybe I trade for him in week seven or eight. You know what I'm saying with that? Maybe I trade for Robbie Anderson before he gets good when his owner's just so pissed off and frustrated. By the time Robbie Anderson's playing Dallas, and now he's at week seven, he's in New England and Jacksonville, his owner's going to be like, get this bum off my team. Oh, my God, I hate him. And then you all of a sudden get a nice string of about seven good games. Boom, 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 boom. And you know what you just did, my friends? You just won yourself a fantasy football league. You just won yourself a home league. If you do it that way. Now, in the high stakes, you might not even be playing Robbie Anderson the first eight weeks. You might not. You might not be playing him. So you're going to need some depth. You better have a good wide receiver four or a wide receiver five. You might need that. Because you don't want to play him against Dallas. You don't want to play him against Jacksonville. Not going to win. But all of a sudden, the second half of the year, you just might win. So we have to be smarter than our competition. And where are you going to get this analysis? Nobody gives it to you but us at Full-Time Fantasy. Nobody. I'm on this stuff now. 
I'm paying attention now to try to give you the best information out there. All right? That's how we roll. I enjoyed today's show. Got to talk to Rudy Gamble, who graced us with his presence. He's got a lot of kids at home. So good for him. I mean, I know what it's like doing daddy daycare all summer. I get it. Appreciate him being on. Check him out at rasball.com. Appreciate Jim Day being on. Check him out at ffchamps.com. And I appreciate you listening as always. Check us out at playffwc.com right now. Go there. Go to our draft lobby. Sign up for one of our drafts. Online championship. Draft and go. Fantasy Football World Championship. Be part of what we're doing. Maybe you'll be my rich friend. I'm sure you'll love our league. I know you will. All right? I'm Dr. Roto. I'm with Full-Time Fantasy. Check us out at fulltimefantasy.com. I'm back tomorrow for another two hours. Wishing you guys a great day. This is Dr. Roto saying be well. Take care. Take care.